This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com And we start off on page 74. And Hashem is telling Abraham that he's going to have a child. He's going to have a son from Sarah. And that's where he changes the names. Everyone's name is changed. Your wife's name is Sarai, which means my princess. Her name will not be Sarai anymore, it will be Sarah which means the princess of the world, as opposed to just a personal princess, she's going to be everyone's princess. And I'm going to bless her, and I'm going to give you from her a son. And it'll be a mighty nation with kings of the world from her. And Hashem, and Abraham fell on his face, it says, verse 17, and he started laughing. Abraham started laughing. He said in his heart, How can a person who is 100 years old have a baby? And Sarah, who is 90 years old, have a baby. So he started laughing. He couldn't believe his good luck. He was laughing out of joy. This is a laugh out of joy. And Abraham told Hashem, I wish Yishmael would live in front of you. In other words, you give me another son, but what about Yishmael? Let's not do it at the expense of Ishmael. I hope Ishmael will also live. So Hashem says, Your wife Sarah will have a son. And you will call his name Yitzchak. You're going to call his name Yitzchak, which means laughter. And I will keep my covenant with him forever. And for his children forever. And Ishmael also, I'm going to bless him, I'm going to increase him, multiply him very much. And then Hashem left Abraham. So we find over here that the prediction of Yitzchak's birth and the fact that Abraham laughed when he heard about Yitzchak's birth and the fact that Yitzchak's name was given by Hashem. It wasn't chosen by anyone else. It was chosen by Hashem. And the question we have is, that's a strange name. Yitzchak is a very strange name to give a child. Especially a child who's going to be, you know, the father of many nations. Okay, Abraham is a great name. Abraham, father of many nations, father of multitudes. You're talking about Yitzchak laughter. So what's a big deal? I mean, what's, is it a heavy-duty name? Now, I was meant to give a class once on uh, the, the importance of a sense of humor. And uh, the people complained. That's not a very religious topic. Yeah. It's not a religious topic. The importance of a sense of humor doesn't sound like a religious topic. It sounds like a bit of a joke. So the question is, if that's not a religious topic, so why is his name Yitzchak? Why did Hashem pick the name Yitzchak? Okay, Abraham laughed. And we have to understand the laugh of Abraham, because later on we find that Sarah laughs, which is in this week's parasha. The three angels, the three visitors, come to visit Abraham and Sarah. Let's go a bit forward in the, in the Chumash. And part of the message was that uh, she's going to have a child. And let's go to page 80. And you'll find that Sarah was in her tent listening to what the angels are saying. And the Torah again repeats that Abraham and Sarah were old and Sarah stopped having her period. And they, she hears the prediction that she's going to have a child. And what happens on verse 12? She laughs within herself. And she says... I'm going to have a child, but the needs I can, and my master is old, my husband is old. So she laughs and she says that her husband is old. And now it's interesting, when she laughs, Hashem comes to Abraham and says, why did she laugh? And uh, say that how can I get have a baby when I'm too old? So now Hashem changes the wording over here. We find you're allowed to change for the sake of Darke Shalom. This is the case. You're allowed to change for the sake of peace between husband and wife. So she laughed and she said that her husband was too old. Hashem changes it when he tells Abraham, she didn't say, she laughed and said, you're too old. She laughed and said, she is too old. So we see for the sake of making make peace between husband and wife, you're allowed to change a little bit. We see the importance of peace. So peace is a higher value than truth. In Jewish law, peace is a higher value than truth. For example, a doctor is going to tell the patient the bad news. So in Jewish law, you've got to be very careful how you tell a patient bad news. You're allowed even to lie. Or for example, the laws of mourning. The person lost his relative. He's an old person. And he's frail. You're allowed to tell a lie. How's he doing? He's fine. 
He's fine. He just came from there. I saw him. He's fine. He died 20 days, 20 days ago. You don't have to tell a lie. He's, he's fine. He's fine. You can even forge his signature documents to prove he's alive. For the sake of not causing death. So life is a priority over lies. Lies is low on the list of values. Life, peace, lies. Uh, it's still up there, of course. I mean, we have to understand the seal of God is truth. That's the seal of God. One of the seals of God is truth. And emet is, if you look at the first letter of the alphabet, aleph, the middle letter is mem, and the last letter is taf. The whole alphabet is resting on aleph, on emet, on truth. And all the letters have two legs. Aleph has two legs, mem has two legs, taf has two legs. Come on. Come forward. There's plenty of room. Uh, taf has two legs. They all stand on two solid legs. Whereas sheker, lies, are interesting. The letters themselves are all three letters, one after the other. Kufre, shin, and they're in the long, wrong order. Sheker is a lie. Even the order is wrong. Emet is in order. Aleph, mem, taf, that's in order. That's lie. That's truth. Lies are not in order, and they all have one leg. Shin is one leg. There's a sharp point. Kuf is one leg, and resh has one leg. They, don't, they can't stand. The Gemara says, Sheker in loraglaim. Lies has no legs. So literally, you see the letters... The letters themselves have no legs. Anyway, so we find Hashem tells a little white lie. Hashem himself tells a white lie for the sake of peace. Hashem did not do this arbitrarily. Hashem chose the time to teach us this law, how important Shalom Bayit is. Shalom Bayit is so important. So, it's interesting, when Abraham laughs, Hashem doesn't rebuke him. When Sarah laughs, he rebukes him. So obviously there's a different kind of laugh. There's a laugh out of joy, and there's a laugh with a little bit of tinge of disbelief. So that's the second time that someone laughs. Yitzhak seems to be causing laughter. His name is Yitzhak. He's causing a lot of laughter. Even before he's born, he's causing laughter. He's causing his father to laugh. His mother's laughing. And then later on in the story, the Torah talks about Yitzhak and Yishmael uh, before that. Let's go to the birth of Yitzhak. Page 94. And there's a birth of Yitzhak. And Yitzhak grows up. That's interesting. Today we make a party when the baby's born. In those days they never made a party when the baby's born. They made a party when the baby was weaned. Which means he's strong enough now to be independent, to eat by himself. Because in those days, a lot of kids died in childbirth. They, we, we don't really appreciate today. We're very fortunate today. We're living in a society where uh, it's, it's nearly down to zero. Child mortality rates are low. Uh, but here, Abraham Vino makes the party. It says, Last line on page 94. The boy goes up, and he's weaned. And Abraham makes a big feast on the day that he was weaned. Imagine, she's calculating the day he's gonna, she's going to wean him off the milk. <laughs> That day is going to be a big party. And next line. She sees, Sarah sees the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, who was born to Abraham, laughing. So uh, she says, Garesh Throw out this maid and throw out the baby. Throw out the son. See, it's interesting. She refused even to call him by his name. She refused to call him by his name. She didn't want to say Yishmael. She said, the son of this maid, get out of here. Um, this uh, son of the maid is not, going to, is not going to inherit with my son Yitzchak. So what does she see Yishmael doing? Um, what is he doing, Yishmael? Second line. Metzachek. Same root. Yeah. Very good. So that's the question over here. So now when Abraham laughs, Hashem blesses him. You're going to have a son laughter. When Sarah laughs, Hashem says, Why are you laughing? And he rebukes her. When Ishmael laughs, they throw him out of the house. <laughs> so that's the question over here. You see the importance of a sense of humor. What is a sense of humor? What is a kosher sense of humor? What is a sort of debatable sense of humor? What is a bad sense of humor? You're going to throw a person out of the house for a bad sense of humor. There's different levels of sense of humor. So this parasha is interesting. Why do you pick a name of the most spiritual person? It says the most spiritual person was Abraham Yitzhak Yaakov. Which one was the most spiritual? Who was the korban to Hashem? Yitzchak. Yitzchak. And what name do you give this korban? Laughter. 
seems an antithesis of anything holy, right? That's why I was giving a class on humor that the women couldn't understand. This is not Judaism. What's the Torah got to do with humor? Give me a Torah class on humor? Yeah. The Torah itself gives us a class in humor. Where is the class in humor? Right here. This week's parasha and a little bit of last week's parasha is all about developing a sense of humor. The importance of a sense of humor. How do we know the importance of a sense of humor? Hashem calls the korban humor. Laughter. The importance of laughter. Of course. And uh, find some of the greatest comedians are Jews. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. It's very important to have a sense of humor. And uh, we'll find, we'll see later on. Shammai says, whenever you see someone, always greet them with sever panim yafot, with a happy face. It's very important to have a happy face. So Rabbi Miller says a beautiful idea. Sever panim yafot. Sever, he says, is from the root svara which means logic, associate, identify with them, sever. Panim, show them your face, don't turn your back to them. And show them a nice face. So three levels in terms of, there's three things associated with greeting someone. Is try and associate with them, try and understand their feelings. Show them your face, don't show them your back. Show them a side of your face. And yafot, smile, always be cheerful. And it's interesting because it's very important, it's a very important trait. Some people practice smiling. So it doesn't look so... Uh, you know, you got to be careful. You don't look, you don't give people the idea that you're laughing at them. On the other hand, you don't want to make it look so small, small that people won't notice. It's got to be a smile, a cheerful face. But it's got to practice putting on a cheerful face. You've got to tell your kids, <laughs> stop the grouching and uh, look cheerful. Person's got to have a cheerful face. So it's a mitzvah to be smiling. And the greatest person, his name was laughter. He made people laugh. Where do we see he made people laugh? He made his father laugh before he was born. He made his mother laugh before he was born. And when he was born, it says... We skipped it. Sarah says when she got pregnant. Patome Sarah, page 94, verse 6. Sarah says, God made a laugh, a joke. God made a joke of me. <laughs> God made a joke of me. Whoever hears this will laugh at me. Or laugh with me. Will join in the laughter. Laugh for me, yeah. Right? Laugh for me. People will be delighted. They'll say, what? This old lady had a baby. Wow, it's amazing news. They're so happy. So here we have laughter again in a very good context. Everyone's going to laugh now. This Yitzhak is going to make the whole world full of joy. It's amazing. We don't think Yitzhak is a happy character. But we do find no laughter associated with Yitzhak. Yeah. Who does he make laugh? His wife. Right? Let's see, let's see the case. Let's see the case. We're, uh, we're in the middle of a, lo- a joke over here. Uh, right now? That's right. Very good. Okay, let's find the place. Okay. We have to go to the next uh, parasha in Chayesara. And uh, what happens is Again, there's a famine in the land. And Yitzhak takes his wife and his family to the land of the Philistines, Eretz Palishtim. Okay, we're page 128. He takes his wife and his family to Eretz Palishtim. And if you look in verse 8, it says, Vahiki Archulo Sham Hayamim. He was there for a long time. Avimelech, the king of the Philistines, looks through the window and he sees, Yitzhak was making laughter, making, making joy with his wife Rivka. So you see, Yitzhak in different poses, he's making everyone happy. And this is very important. Laughter and joy between the couple. That's very, very important. That's part of the marital process is making each other happy. How do you put a person make each other happy? So when we think about Yitzhak, we think about, you know, the korban, the serious guy. And yet here he is. He's the full person full of joy. And that's something which is a big chiddush. People don't really, phew, this is, this is like a flash. We never saw this Yitzhak in this light before. And yet his name is Yitzhak. His name is laughter. So let's go through that again. Number one is... If you see a great person laughing, there must be a mitzvah to laugh. So when and how? 
Yitzhak means a laugh, a joke. What kind of name is that? You know, Abraham has a very important name. Abraham, father of many nations. Rambam calls him Amudosh Olam, the pillar of the universe. But why does he call his son Yitzchak? Why does Hashem call his son Yitzchak? Laughter. Then we have another question. We're going to talk about Yaakov next week. What a name to call your child. Yaakov comes from the word heel. He calls his son a heel. Right? And what happens later when he tricks his brother Esav, Esav says, you know what? It's good they called him a heel. It's the right name for that guy. That's what he, what he is. He's a heel of a guy. That's where the name heel came from. The slang, the heel of a person. He's a heel of a guy. He's a, he's a trickster. He's a con artist. So let's try and understand these two questions. And also the word Esav, which means Asui. He's ready-made. Okay, it's a nice name. Why? Because he comes out with his hair and he's ruddy. He's totally fixed. He doesn't come out premature. It seems Yaakov's a little bit premature. He never had enough hair. Esav came out ready He's called Esav, Asui. <coughs> so let's go back and answer these three questions. So why was his name Yitzchak? Why is his name Yaakov? Why is his name Esav? And the fourth question is Yishmael. He's got the best name. Imagine, Yishmael is not one of our forefathers. And yet he gets the best name. Yishmael, Hashem will hear her prayers of Hagar. Hashem heard her cry and he gives him a name, Yishmael. So, you know, that's a very strange. And even... Great rabbis were called Yishmael. We had Rabbi Yishmael, who was a Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Yishmael became a Jewish name. Today we don't like it so much because the Muslims adopted him as their forefather. But uh, one time it was a very great name. Yishmael is a great name. It's a fantastic name. So how come Yishmael gets the best name? Yitzhak is a joke and Yishmael is the best name. Hashem, he's got the word Hashem in his name. Okay, so we had different kinds of laughter. We said that when Abraham hears the news, he laughs. It's a good kind of laughter, healthy laughter, joy. When Sarah gets the news, she laughs. And the angels ask, why is she laughing? When Abraham laughs, they don't criticize him. When Sarah laughs, they criticize her. When Ishmael laughs, they throw him out of the house. And then Yitzhak is laughing with his wife. And Sarah says, whoever laughs, laughs with me. They're going to laugh with me. People are going to hear this news, they're going to laugh with me. So sometimes laughing is good, sometimes neutral, sometimes it's not good. So when should a person laugh and how? So this is now brought down by the... There's a famous mashkiach in uh, Israel. Uh, he wrote a book called Aleshur. Aleshur. And he says over there, the importance of learning to develop a sense of humor. It's very important for a Jew to have a sense of humor. And where do we learn this from? It's a Gemara in Tanit. The Gemara says in Tanit, Davkaf, Sha'ala tamidavid rab adab barahava. The students asked Rav Ada Bar Ada, he says, why did you live so long? Why are you living so long? You're an old man. How do you get to this ripe old age? What's the secret of reaching old age? So he says, He said, I never got angry in my house. How do you never get angry in your house? And the answer is, you've got to have a sense of humor. A person with a sense of humor who doesn't get angry. Why everything? You know how to laugh it off. You know how to not... Not to take everything so seriously. It's very important not to take everything so seriously. Sometimes you've got to take things seriously. But a person's got to take things with a pinch of salt, especially dealing with human beings. You've just got to laugh sometimes because it's so sad. <laughs> People get to that level. You've got to laugh sometimes. And the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, A person who's easygoing. God is easygoing with his sins. A person's easygoing with others. God is easygoing with their sins. Where do we learn it from? It's one of the 13 attributes. Nose avon vavera pesha. He's nose avon. God lifts up the sin. Vavera pesha. So the Gemara says there's a connection over here. Who does he lift up the sin of? To those who forgive others. Vavera pesha. If I forgive others for what they did to me, Hashem says, I'm going to forgive you for what you did. And we know it's a very big problem to take vengeance. There's two negative commandments. Loti kom Don't take vengeance. So don't get angry. So the first stage of having a sense of humor is not getting angry. That's the first stage. You can't have a sense of humor and get angry. It doesn't go together. First stage is, let's not get angry. The Gemara says in Shabbat, and there's a big debate, you know, who, who is more right? Hillel or Shammai? Why did Beit Hillel, the halacha is fixed like Beit Hillel. So the Gemara says, why is the halacha like Beit Hillel, not like Beit Shammai? Why, how did the yeshiva of Hillel take precedence over the yeshiva of Shammai? 
Not because they knew more. But because it says, A person should be modest and meek like Hillel. And not be overly cautious or overly uh, concerned about others like Shammai. Right? So Shammai, if you ask them a silly question, wouldn't take it. He would answer back and throw you out, whatever. Hillel, you ask a silly question, get away with it. Right? That's why Hillel's yeshiva was the biggest yeshiva. You could go and sit with Hillel. And you made him angry, he never got angry. Uh, Shammai, people were scared to sit next to Shammai. You asked a silly question. A student asked a silly question. What do you mean? How can you say that? So Hillel's yeshiva became the biggest yeshiva, just by default. If you went to learn from Shammai, you had to watch what you said. You went to Hillel, you know, everyone got along. Whereas Shammai was a big tzaddik. We have to understand, Shammai's nature was he was a big tzaddik. And he says... Receive a person with sever panim yafot. We said that before. Receive a person with a cheerful countenance. Hillel's favorite motto was, Be of the students of Aharon. Ohev shalom, rodev shalom. Love peace and chase after peace. So Shammai was well known for his greeting. However, he was strict. After he greeted you, he would wait to hear what you have to say. If you don't have anything good to say, he'd show you the door. If you don't have any smart things to say, outside. But his greeting was great. I find as many stories the Gemara says. One of them was, a non-Jew came to Shammai. He says, teach me the whole Torah on one foot. What does Shammai do? It says he took out, he was a builder. He took out his measuring rod and he pushed him with a measuring rod. Threw him out of the house basically. With a measuring stick. He thought that the man was poking fun at him at the Torah. How can you teach the whole Torah on one foot? You're poking fun at me, out you go. You're poking fun at the Torah, out you go. Can you imagine you go to a dentist and say, Teach me your trade on one foot. Go to a doctor and say, I want to be a doctor. Teach me doc- uh, medicine on one foot. That's a joke. You're making a mockery. Get out of here. So the same thing. You go to a person and say, teach me the whole to one foot. I don't even know the whole Torah. How can I teach you on one foot? You're going to spend years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years till you learn the whole Torah. You can learn the whole Torah. So Shammai never had patience. He would throw the person out. What happened? Hillel. He went to Hillel. What did Hillel say? Don't do to others. We don't want others to do to you. The rest is all commentary. Go and learn. Okay, I can go and learn. Now I have the whole summary. This is the whole summary of the Torah. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. Now I have something to latch on to. Now I can learn the rest of it. So that's interesting that that's a different approach between Shammai and Hillel. And the halacha is, a person should be like Hillel. Halacha is, don't let every little thing bother you. Even when they're talking against the Torah. That's what we see from here. Shammai says, you're making a mockery of the Torah. Get out. Hillel says, even mockery of the Torah, we have to handle it. We have to know how to answer because everything is in the answer. A gentle answer can turn away anger. A person got to know how to answer people. Ramam says, a mitzvah for every Jew to know how to answer an apikoros, how to answer a person with doubts and questions. We have to learn how to answer. And uh, sometimes you can't answer people because they don't want to hear. So then you're lost. But if they do want to hear, they have a little bit of an open mind. You have to know what to answer. But if they're not looking for answers, they just want to get their point of view across. I know people like that. So once in my life I had to throw someone out of my house. It was a Jew for Jay, who just wouldn't let me talk. In the middle of Kiddush, she was going on about Jay and Jay. But eventually I heard he became Baal Teshuvah. That's a big... That's a big uh, he's learning... He's now Chabadnik. <laughs> he's a Jew for M now. Okay. So anyway, so... So it's very important to a person to have a sense of humor. So a person shouldn't be makpit. A person should not be every little thing, examined. And a person wants to live a long life, a person has to learn humor. And not be makpit at all. And not be every little thing inside the house, make angry and get in a bad mood. And if you want to be forgiven for your sins, bear other people's sin. Other people did something to you, don't bear a grudge. Forgive and forget. A person has to learn to have a sense of humor. So he calls this in Hebrew, it's called Bidichut Hadad. A badchan is a joker. So he calls this Bidichut Hadad. To have a mind which is a mind of, of humor. And to do this, he says, a person has to learn Musar. A person has to learn ethics and see how great other people are. And to remember that everyone was created in the image of God. Right? A person should not put down any other people. Ben Azai says, Alti baz adam. A person should not put down others. 
So when we get angry, we're really putting down others. We're saying, you know, that person is no good. He's a useless fellow. We shouldn't really put down people. It's very hard sometimes. People get on your skin. person gets under your skin. You want to say, ah, he's useless. He's no good. He's bad. But the truth is, he's also created the image of God. We have to find something good to say about them. Danet kol adam Got to find some schut to say about the person. The person should try your best not to say anything bad about anyone. Unless you're warning someone, then that's something, the only time you're allowed to say something is when you're warning something. And even then, you've got to be very careful. Not to overdo it. Not to exaggerate. The Gemara says that Rava, before learning halakha in the yeshiva, would tell a joke. He'd start off with a little story. It's called Mili de Bidichuta. He'd tell a little joke. Why? To get the, ch- the people's, the students, you know, open their minds, get their attention. He said a little joke. They're in a good frame of mind. Then they're ready to listen. You open the mind up. So it's very important to tell a little story, tell a little joke, with a little moral in it. And then the Gemara says, a person should be happy. Be happy. But, and a person should learn Torah, not through depression. And not through laziness. But through, not through lightheadedness. Through the joy of a mitzvah. So here we having, we're getting close to defining what kind of joy is good. What kind of laughter is good. The laughter involved in the joy of a mitzvah. The joy of a mitzvah means a person feels good about doing something good. And that's very important. That's the best sense of humor is to feel good about doing something good. Rabbi Kiva, it says, when he saw his students going to sleep in the middle of his class, imagine he had 24,000 students. Can you imagine finding a place big enough to hold 24,000 students? You'd have to go to one of the stadiums. So you'd pick a valley somewhere where you know, he would stand on the mountain and give a lecture. And everyone down in the valley, they're all looking at him. Like Har Sinai. So he asked the question, he said, and it's a bit of a joke. It's a question with a little bit of a joke in it. Esther became queen of 127 countries. Why? What merit did she have? To be queen of 127 provinces? What's the answer? In the merit of Sarah, who lived 127 years. Okay, so there's a little bit of a you know, teaser. It's a teaser to wake the kids up. They were nodding off. So as he's telling them, like the Torah says, it says she was seven years and 20 years and, and 100 years, right? So Rashi says when she was seven, when she was 20, she was like a girl of seven in the innocence. When she was 100, she was like a woman of 20 in terms of her deeds. Right? So we see over there in terms of her deeds. Right, so she was still active. Still chasing mitzvot like a 20-year-old. And so therefore, Rabbi Kiva is hinting to them, you've got to be like Sarah. She made good use of her time. So nodding off in the rabbi's class, make good use of your time as well. <laughs> so a little bit of a joke. He said it in a fun way. He said it in a way where there's a moral behind the story. <laughs> so a person should have a positive, healthy, clean sense of humor. The Gemara says in Tani, Rabbi Baraka would often see Eliyahu Navi. You know, that's a very high level. That's uh, one of the high levels of Ruach HaKodesh. It's slightly under prophecy. To see Eliyahu Navi takes Ruach HaKodesh. And some rabbis got to the level of this seeing Eliyahu Navi. And Rabbi Baraka would see Eliyahu Navi. He would see Elijah the prophet. And so he asked him, he saw him in the marketplace. He went to the marketplace to buy something. He said, who does he see over there? He says, Eliyahu Navi. Number one is, you've got to recognize who he is. <laughs> How do you know he's Eliyahu Navi? He saw him and recognized him. Okay, most of us see him, but we don't recognize him. Okay, maybe we saw him. Maybe he knocked on your door one day. And he asked Elianavi, he says, Who in this marketplace is fit for the next world? Who's going to go to the next world? Who's got the entrance ticket? <coughs> they saw a person with strange clothes on. <coughs> Elianavi said that person. So he found out, what does that person do? He said he works in the jail for the Romans. He's a jailer for Romans. So the Gemara says he would try and save people from death in the jail. People, Jews were accused of things by the Romans. They were put to death. They wanted people put to death. He would try and find a way to save them from death. And he would try and separate the men and the women in the jail. Try and sneer it for the sake of sneer. The next day, again he goes to the marketplace. Who does he see? Eliyahu Anyone over here? Ben Olam Abba? So yeah, those two people. So he asked them, what do they do for their living? Say, they answered him, Anche Baduchianan. Anche Baduchianan. We are jokers. We are jokers. Samechim, we are happy. Misamchim bani Adam. And we make other people happy. We have people who can turn around someone else's mood. So 
Someone's down, depressed. Someone comes to them, oh, they're full of joy. They cheer them up. It's a tremendous mitzvah. It's a tremendous mitzvah to cheer someone up. It says, when they, was, they were fighting between people, they would go and make peace. There are people who would cause a different frame of reference. There's a lot of people who get, who get depressed. Sometimes just a smile and a hello is enough to cheer them up. And that's what we learned from Yitzchak. That's why he's called Yitzchak. Why is he called Yitzchak? He had the ability to cheer people up. He said even before he was born, he's cheering people up. Imagine the child before he's even born, he cheered people up. He cheered his father up, cheered his mother up. Then when he's born, he cheers the whole world up. And he cheers his wife up. We find the Torah stands on three things. What are the three things the Torah stands on? The world stands on. Mishnah Perkei Avod. Torah, Avodah, and Gimrut Hasadim. Okay? Torah, which means learning Torah. Avodah is service of God. And Gimrut Hasadim is doing kindness. Now, we have three forefathers. One of the tricky questions. Why do we have three forefathers? Uh, we have three forefathers, and each one stands for one of these things. Torah is stood for by Yaakov. Yaakov is Torah. He lived for 14 years in the yeshiva of Shem and Ever. Uh, Avodah. Who's Avodah? Yitzchak. He was a korban, service of God. He can't get better than that. He's a korban to Hashem. And Yaakov and uh, Abraham was Gibrut Chasadim. Kindness. The epitome of kindness was Abraham. So now Avodah is linked with Yitzchak. Yitzchak is laughter. Why is Avodah, service of God, linked to a person with laughter? What's that famous line that Breslov made fun, made, uh, made into a song? Where did they get that from? From here, Yitzchak. Yitzchak was the one who served God. When a person serves God, they serve God depressed. It's not a good sign. It's a sign that, you know what, I don't want to really serve you, but you know what, okay, my father said so, I'm forced to do it, and I'll do it just like that. Get it out of the way. It's a mitzvah to serve God when you're happy. Through a happy sense of mind. Happy frame of mind. So Yitzhak was cheerful. Hashem says, that korban which you're going to bring to me, I want to make sure it's laughing when you bring it to me. If the korban is depressed and crying, I don't want it. If when you bring me a present, you're depressed and crying, don't bring it a present. A person's going to serve Hashem with a, with a cheerful, cheerful smile. A smile. And truth. Truth, yeah. That's the verse in, in Ashrei. Okay, Mitoch is a lower level. But Yitzhak, the Korban has got to be in the highest level. What's the highest level? Yitzhak. Do it with a smile. The highest level is to do it with a smile. I want to do it. I enjoy doing it. I'm happy doing it. It's not having a guest. Okay, you want to come over? Okay, come over. <laughs> if you have to. Can't you find somewhere else to go? Say, so, yeah, sure, come on over. Smile. Mm-hmm. Difference in the big mitzvah. And we see this also in this week's parasha, Vaira. Vaira. Where do we see this? Right at the beginning of Vaira. Let's go back to Vaira. See how Abraham Avinu did the mitzvah of Achnasad Orchim. You can't compare it to anyone. That's the hardest thing to do. And it was the third day of his Brit Milah. Circumcised three days ago. In pain, in agony. What is he doing? He's waiting outside his tent in the heat of the day for guests. That is the greatness of our forefather. He's waiting outside his tent in the heat of the day for guests. It's like today. He's waiting outside in the cold of the day. <laughs> waiting for a guest to come in. And he sees, he lifts up his eyes and he sees, and he sees three men. And he runs to them. The guy's in pain. He's in pain. He sees them and he runs to them. And he bows down to them to the ground. And they're three pagans. He bows down to the ground. What we do, we say, get out of here, get lost. And he says, my masters, if I found favor in your eyes, please don't pass by your servant. What kind of, look at this. How do you do? Hachdasarachim. You beg them to come into the house. Please take some water, wash your feet. Rashi says because they had Avodazar on their feet, you're going to know what not to bring into your house. And uh, come and rest under the tree. So he promised very little. It's like the opposite of the politicians today, right? You promise little and do a lot. They promise a lot and they do very little. Right? My, fa- my, my son was once running for election for a class president or whatever it is. So I gave him a motto. I promise you the world and guarantee nothing. <laughs> That's politics. <laughs> promise you the world and guarantee nothing. Say it as it is. Promise the world and guarantee nothing. But say it as it is. Tell the truth. Obviously he didn't get elected. Because the other guy promised the world and guaranteed it. <laughs> but... Uh, that's politics. Abraham was the opposite. 
What does he do? Take a little bit of water, wash your feet, rest under the tree. And eat a little bit of bread and fill your heart with bread. And then pass by. So what happens? He rushes into his tent to Sarai. He says, hurry, make some uh, cakes. And he rushes to the cattle. And he takes from the cattle something soft and big and good. And he gives it to the boy. Teach your children how to do Hatan Saruchim. Get the children involved. He gives it to his boy. The Gemara says he gave it to Ishmael. Who was the boy at that time? Yitzhak was too small. He gave it to Ishmael. And from there we learn the Arabs know hospitality. Learn it from here. Ishmael was involved in hospitality. That mitzvah stayed with Ishmael. The mitzvah which Abraham taught. Same thing we find with Lot. One mitzvah which Lot kept was hospitality. How do we know that? He invites the angels into his house. He doesn't know the angels. In Sodom, he kept hospitality. And then he gets the butter. And he serves them under the tree. The Gemara asks, says, Rabban Gamliel was the chief rabbi, the Nasi. And he made a party for some reason for his daughter, whatever it was, and he was serving the other rabbis. So one of the other rabbis objected, you're the chief rabbi, why are you serving us? So they bring a proof from here. If Abraham can serve the pagans, you can serve us. <laughs> so we have to learn from here. There's no, there's no pride when it comes to Achnas There's beautiful stories of the Chavetz Chaim, how he gave a guest his bed, his own bed. And the guest didn't know. The guy came in a little tired, and he gives him a bed to sleep in, gives him food, waits on him. The, guy, the person thought, is the, this guy's an old servant in the house. He woke up in the morning, he finds out this is the rabbi. He said, Rabbi, I'm sorry. He says, what, you're going to take away from me my mitzvah of Achnasar Rukhim? It's a mitzvah. Person, everyone's going to do this. So it's a mitzvah. We have to be involved in it. So that's important, to see how Abraham did the mitzvah with, with joy, with laughter, with running, rushing. He teaches us how to do chesed. But Yitzhak teaches us how to serve Hashem. It's easier to do chesed in a sense because you're seeing the fruits of your labor. It's much harder to serve God where you don't see God's joy. I'm serving God, but is God, does God care? How do I know God cares? So it's much harder to be joyous when a person is serving Hashem. On the other hand, sometimes it's easier. Why? Because you don't get any back chat. <laughs> you don't get any troubles from Hashem. Whereas people's sons, you have a guest in the house, it's sometimes uh, going to be a pain sometimes. So Yitzhak was cheerful, serving Hashem to a very high level. Yishmael was also a joker, but his jokes were rochy, rochy sense of humor. He had a bad sense of humor. He had a dirty sense of humor. And for that, the Gemara says, Chok v'kalot rosh. Laughter, lightheadedness. Margilimit ha'adam le'erva. Cause a person to be immoral. That's the jokes in the comedy clubs today. A person goes to the comedy clubs, Asur to go in the comedy club. Yes. Yeah. Before the Torah was given, plus they were pagans, no problem. We have to realize the context over here. And it's interesting, even, if, even though we know the angels, angels are not commanded in the mitzvot. An angel can eat meat and milk. They're not Jewish. <laughs> angels are not Jewish. The Torah was given to us, not to them. It's a midrash, it's a midrash in, uh, in Yitro, Parsha Yitro. It says, Abraham, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up in Har Sinai, he goes to Shemaim, and the angels say, hey, it's our Torah, it's not yours. So he says, your Torah, where does it? It says, Kiwud Abayim, mitzvah of honoring your parents. You don't have parents. It doesn't apply to you. You show them many mitzvahs which don't apply to them. So the mitzvah don't apply to, to angels. Angels are not commanded. Why? Because they are not people. They don't have free choice. They're robots. Angels are robots. They have no commandments. Yes. Yes, that's Rashi. The, the, the Torah says he marries Keturah. Mm-hmm. Who is Keturah? So Rashi says this was Hagar, whose deeds are like Keturit. Her deeds are like incense. But how is she allowed to marry her because she wasn't Jewish? What do you mean? How did he marry her in the first place? There's no Judaism at that time. Well, there's no Judaism. There was ethical monotheism. Ethical monotheism. The religion of Abraham and was spreading. There's no 613 mitzvot. There was only one mitzvah. What was the mitzvah? Brit Milah. Brit Milah was given to Abraham. The mitzvah given to Abraham was Brit Milah. The mitzvah given to Yaakov was Gid Hanashe. What about Shev Mitzvah? Shev Mitzvah That applied to the whole world. But what is Abraham spreading uniquely? Ethical monotheism. 
the idea of Hashem, one God, and ethics, the idea of being good, being a good person. And that's something which we have to spread as well. There's a whole big debate. What is our responsibility today? Is it... Yeah, when was the Torah given? Hey, one second. So obvious. Yeah, but they'll say, but if it was one small case, it was okay. So uh, Yehuda went to Zona, is that allowed? I mean, there's all sorts of things. And uh, Kain and Hebel married their sisters, is that okay? So I'm just saying that the Torah wasn't given yet. So in certain situations, certain things are allowed. Certain situations, certain things are not allowed. Everyone knows this. How come in uh, Iraq they're killing people? How come the U.S. government allows people to be killed? The answer is there's a war going on. Everyone's going to know the context. The biggest question the, the Gemara brings down is, why did Hashem allow His name to be number three in the Torah? Bereshit, Barai, Elohim. It should be number one. People will say, Bereshit created Elohim. So the Gemara answers, and this is the classic answer, it says, the righteous will walk in the Torah and the wicked will trip in the Torah. Because the whole thing is about free choice. We give you the options. Here's the book, you understand the way you want. So you go to college, the university professors are explaining Bereshit in their own way, they can be trip all over it. Other people want to learn the properly, proper way with the Messiah, with the tradition. We have the way as well. It's all free choice. Everything boils down to free choice. We're living in a free country. We're very lucky. We all have free choice. You know how many years Jews have been fighting for freedom of worship? When we get it, we want freedom from worship. <laughs> That's the irony. But we have freedom. Everyone has freedom. We have to thank Hashem for the freedom. Thank God we're not robots. It sort of exists in the sense that it says that Hashem looked into the Torah to create the world. Yeah. It was there, yeah. it wasn't given. Torah was there, it wasn't given. Because look at how did man exist without Torah? How did man exist without Torah? With difficulty. We find the whole world was destroyed by the flood because they had no Torah. The question is, how did Abraham Avinu become such a big tzaddik without a Torah? That's the Rambam's question. More in the he asked the question, why do we need the Torah if Abraham Avinu could do what he did without the Torah? So he answers, not everybody can be an Abraham. Not everybody can be a spiritual genius. Not everybody can be an Einstein without going to school. You have to go to school, you have to go to college, you have to learn. We need a guide, we need a system. You can't produce mass Abrahams without a system. Not everyone can be an Abraham. With the Torah, everyone can be an Abraham. Without the Torah, maybe one in a million, or one in ten million, could be an Abraham. Okay, let's continue. What were you about to say about our responsibility? I don't remember. <laughs> say it again, I don't remember. Remind me. You what was I say saying? It's, uh, you know, a question, what is our responsibility as Jews? Oh, what is our... Okay, good, that's good. What is our responsibility as Jews in terms of spreading the word to the Gentiles, to the world? So today it's frowned upon as Jews are not missionaries. But the truth is... That was the purpose of Abraham. We were the children of Abraham. The whole idea of missionizing came from Abraham Avinu. He was missionizing to the world. He wasn't just missionizing to his own family. Okay. Now, there's a beautiful story. It's Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. There's a beautiful book called Sparks of Musar. It's a book about Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. It's a tiny book. It's a pocket book. It's a tiny little book. I think $7 you can buy. It. Sparks of Musar. Good investment. $7 you go before you go to sleep. You read a little bit of Sparks and Musar, a very good book. About the life of Rabbi Israel Salanta. Rabbi Israel Salanta was unique. A truly great man. We need more rabbis like him. Tremendously. Tremendous person. And he talks about a person. This is the founder of the Musar movement. Sparks and Musar. The rest of his life, he said, he moved to Paris. He said, they need me over here most. Kirov. He was doing Kirov to the Jews in France. They were lost completely. Why should I spend my time in Poland when they're all, you know, religious? Let me go to somewhere and make a difference in the world. So he moved to Paris. <laughs> but um, he talks about a person before Yom Kippur who's engaged in deep introspection. And he was so deep in thought and anguish over his deeds that when someone told him hello, he didn't respond. So he said, that's no way to do teshuva. <laughs> so he says a beautiful idea. He says, what you think in your heart... You know, in Shabbat, the laws of Shabbat, there are two domains. There's a private domain and the public domain. He says, what you think in your heart is a private domain. That's your business. But what you have on your face, that's a public domain. Because everyone else is looking at you. Okay, someone got the message of the class. Very good. That's very good. Excellent. Keep it up. Keep it up. That's the whole message. Yitzchak, happy, happy. Very good. 
So he said it's very important because a person's face is the public domain. So how a person looks when you walk down the street, you look with a frown, that's the public domain. You're putting a damaging stumbling block in front of everyone. A person's got to have a nice a way to greet people. It's forbidden to cause others pain just by looking at someone's face. You can sometimes get <laughs> pain. Look at him. So a person's got to put a nice face on, at least, even if they're not feeling well, they're not feeling happy, put a nice face on. Why? For other people's sake, not for your sake. So a person's got to know this is public domain now. My face is a public domain. People look at my face. It's the a public domain. The fact of the matter is, when you exercise those face muscles, that's right, it works on you. You feel better. 100%. And by the way, there's how many muscles in the face? I don't know, it's amazing how many there are. There's so many. Hundreds. It says there's more muscles used in a smile than in a frown. That's why I pain sometimes to smile all the time. It really hurts. You've got to keep practicing. A person should look for a joke on the parasha. Look for a joke. I spend some time looking for jokes before my speeches. Always trying to find something to say. Um, there's a famous joke on the, the parasha of Yaakov. He put the stones around his head. You remember that? He put the stones around his head. And Rashi brings down a midrash. They all started fighting. They all wanted the Sadiq to put their head on, on them. Each one wanted the privilege of being under the head of Yaakov. So the joke is that was the first pillow fight in history. <laughs> what a joke on the parasha. The Gemara says in Ketubot, this is page 111, it quotes the verse in Yaakov's breath blessing of Yehuda. A beautiful blessing. Yehuda gets the best blessing. It's in chapter 49, Rashi. Says, May your eyes be clearer than wine. And the white of your teeth, whiter than milk. So Rabbi Yochanan explains, a person who by smiling affectionately at his friend shows his teeth is better than one who gives him milk to drink. Well, you have a guest in your house. May your teeth be whiter than milk. So instead of giving the guest milk with a frown, smile. Smile is worth more than the glass of milk with a frown. Now, this is one of the proofs that the, that the person got to brush their teeth, by the way. Their teeth got to be white. It says, Law Venshinayim. The white of your teeth. A smile is better than a glass of milk. It invigorates and is a mitzvah of chesed. A person's got to give a smile. How much? Till you show your teeth. As you learn from here. A smile without showing teeth is not really a smile. It's not a smile yet. A person's got to show the teeth. You've got to practice the smile. <laughs> huh? That's right. Exactly. Nothing's left to our imagination. It's dangerous. You leave people's imagination. You leave something to imagination. It's amazing how far people go. So the attitude of Yitzhak was happiness. We don't think of Yitzhak as a happy character. Yitzhak was the happiest of the forefathers. If you saw Yitzhak, you'd be laughing. Yitzhak was happy all the time. In fact, that's the, a person can know someone's spiritual level just by seeing their moods. A person's happy is the high spiritual level. How do we know that? It's impossible to be a prophet when you're depressed. Impossible. How do we know that? Where's the proof? From Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu. He didn't know that his son was alive for f- how many years? 22 years his son was missing. He never knew that he was alive. Why? He lost his prophecy. He was depressed. His son was missing. He got depressed. Instead of getting depressed, he should have been happy. And then maybe he realized his son is still alive. You can't be a prophet and be depressed. Yeah. It's a great uh, boon. But if you're not born with it, you try and change yourself. That's the battle. The battle is to change. something you're born with but again there's different kinds of happiness you can be a joker at the expense of other people that's not a good kind of joke sometimes those people aren't, aren't always happy though yeah right the there's a beautiful story it says a guy went to a psychiatrist so doctor says I'm really depressed help me the psychiatrist says you know what instead of taking medication you know, there's a great circus across the street that clown is so funny you go there he's going to cheer you I'm not talking so doctor he says I am the clown <laughs> says, I am the clown. Who's going to cheer me up? <laughs> I get depressed because I see them all so far, so last, so happy, and I, here I am, I come. That's right. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for everyone. But again, we have to work on ourselves. Let's worry about ourselves. 
We all react to situations. It's very hard to be happy sometimes, all the time. It's very hard to be happy when you pick up your baby at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're screaming and shouting and they can't go to sleep. They won't go to sleep. It's very hard to be happy. A person's got to count their blessings. All the time, count your blessings. That's what we do in the morning. We wake up, we count our blessings. Break out a shachar, we're counting our blessings. Literally, we're saying the blessings. The morning blessings. I have clothes. I have a dry ground under my feet. All the blessings we say. I can walk up upright. I have strength to carry on my work. All these blessings which we take for granted. Okay. So we've answered the question, why Yitzhak got his name Yitzhak? Okay, we have, two more qu- we have a couple more questions. And we'll, I think we'll keep this for next week because we have something else to talk about. <laughs> How did Yaakov get his name? We haven't got there yet, so we'll, we'll cover it up. Yaakov means heal. What does that mean? Esav. What does that symbolize? I mean, come on, where are the spiritual names? We expect spiritual names from the forefathers. Yishmael gets the most spiritual name. Why did Yishmael get the most spiritual He has God's name in his name. Yishmael. That's God's name. So we have to understand these uh, questions are very deep questions. And uh, names are very important. Judaism believes names are very important. Especially according to Kabbalah, the name defines the soul. The name is the vessel for the soul. And it's very important not to shorten people's names. Because people give nicknames, you know. His name is, uh, I don't know, Yitzhak, they call him Yitzi. Yitzhak is his name, not Yitzi. He just shortened his name, he just shortened his vessel. Make his vessel bigger, not smaller. Well, the person has two names and he gets called to the Torah. He should be called with both names, not just one name. Don't shorten his name, always lengthen his name. So the name is a vessel. The bigger the vessel, the bigger the what's in it, hopefully. It's a bigger container. So the name is a container for what's inside. And a name who defines who we are, in our minds. Who are you? First thing that comes into my head is your name. Right? So names are very important. That's why to change someone's destiny, what do we do? Change the name. Psychosomatic. You change his name, he starts thinking about himself in a different light. Right? Sarai now thinks of herself in a different light. She's now Sarah. She's now the princess of the world. Much more responsibilities. Abraham now thinks of himself instead of Avram. He's now Avraham, father of many nations. He now thinks, takes his responsibilities seriously. So what we call our children comes back to haunt them. And that's why it's very important to give a good name, a de- decent name. And uh, something would be a positive influence. The name is a positive influence on a person. Okay, we'll stop here. We'll continue next week. Thank you. Uh, take a flyer on the way out. Let's get some flyers. Rabbi Rieti's class. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.